You are listening to episode number 14 of the Secondary Science Simplified Podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome to part three in our three-episode mini-series all about tips and strategies for combating senioritis in your students. If you missed parts one and two, be sure to head back and give episodes 12 and 13 a listen. In today's episode, I will be sharing my number one strategy for setting yourself up for future success combating senioritis in school years down the road. You could say that I saved the best for last. Have I piqued your interest at all? I hope so. Let's dive in. This is Secondary Science Simplified, a podcast for secondary science teachers who want to engage their students and simplify their lives. I'm Rebecca Joyner from It's Not Rocket Science. As a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer, I'm passionate about helping other science teachers love their jobs, serve their students, and do it all in only 40 hours a week. Are you ready to rock the time you spend in your classroom and actually have a life outside of it? You're in the right place, teacher friend. Let's get to today's episode. Thank you so much for all of you who have come back each week and listened to this mini series and engaged with it. I hope that you found those first four strategies that I shared over the last two episodes helpful. And for today's episode, I saved the best for last. And that's my final strategy for you. It's to save the best for last. So what on earth do I mean by that? I have decided to save this and use it as my final tip in this series because I know that for many of you listening to this episode when it airs, you don't have much of a choice content-wise with what you teach your students for the remainder of the school year. Like you only just have so much content left that you have to get through. So there's not a lot of flexibility there. So I wanted to start off this series with four strategies that you could use right away, regardless of what you were teaching. And so this tip isn't gonna be as helpful for you in terms of combating senioritis this school year. However, Now is the perfect time to reevaluate your course sequence and your pacing guides for next school year to set yourself up for success with combating senioritis and spring fever a year from now and every year after that. Because here's what I mean by this. I purposely save my favorite units to teach at the end of the school year. If my energy is high, my students' energy will reflect that too. This is one of the main reasons I switched to teaching micro to macro in biology. I wanted to end the year teaching ecology so I could do all of my favorite labs and projects with them when they were the least engaged in learning in general. I also just love how much ecology lends itself to getting students outside, which is one of my favorite strategies for battling spring fever and senioritis that I shared back in episode 12. In anatomy, I purposely save my reproduction unit for the end of the year. Nothing will keep a bunch of juniors and seniors engaged like talking about ovaries and sperm. Am I right? Plus, I find that there's a culture and a rapport with my students at the end of the year that doesn't exist starting out. And so it just makes it a much easier topic to teach to them at this time of the year in terms of where our relationship is. Also, they have a disturbing amount of questions about this topic. And I say disturbing because it truly is always wild to me how little they really know about reproduction. 
And it makes our class periods incredibly engaging until the very last day of school. I've seen also in a lot of anatomy teacher Facebook groups how teachers do a pregnancy project ranging the nine months of the school year with their students. They start back in August and then they finish up towards the end of the year. And I think this works really great too if you end the year teaching reproduction as well. You can start the year introducing the project and kind of continue it throughout the year, but then really round out your year in your reproduction unit with the culmination of this project. In physical science, I personally like to end the year teaching on reactions because I love so many demos and things that we can do with reactions that are really fun in that unit. But if I'm honest, I just think there's a lot of great physical science units you could save for the end. So I think if you teach physical science or chemistry or physics, choose a unit to end the year on that really comes down to being your personal preference and what you would find the most fun to teach your students because they're going to feed off of that. When I mapped out my unit sequence for physical science, I tried to start the year with some of my favorite units, and then I kind of put some of my least favorite units mid-year, which I don't want to admit on here what those are because I know some of you will be shocked because my least favorites might be your actual favorites, but I digress. I put those in the middle, and then I try to wrap up the year with more of my favorite topics. Again, I really don't think we can underestimate how much our students feed off of our energy. If you are pumped up about what you have left to teach them, they are going to be excited too. And like I said to start this episode, there isn't much you could actually do right now to immediately revamp your scope and sequence to end the last two or three months of school you may have. But I want to encourage you to take some time now to reflect on your existing course sequences and pacing guides and ask yourself a few questions about them because now is the time to make changes. So first ask yourself, what are my favorite units to teach? And then ask, what are my least favorite units to teach? Are there any units that have to be taught in a certain sequence? Like you cannot teach X until you've taught Y. Are there any units that might make more sense if I taught them in a different order? What units best lend themselves to fun projects and that would be a great way to end the year? What units naturally allow us to get outside and enjoy spring weather more than maybe other units would? Which unit in my course best ties all of the other units together? And I think the answer to that question would be the unit that you would want to either use first or last because I love to have something to start the year that we bring up throughout the year and then I love to end the year with topics that kind of bring it all back together again. So for example, in biology, I feel like macromolecules are a part of every single unit we cover. So I like to start the year with them so that I'm always bringing them up throughout the year and then I like to end with evolution and ecology Because again, they really tie it all together and then I can kind of put a bow on the year at the end. But also when I taught AP Biology, I started with evolution so I can see how it can work that way as well. So just kind of consider what would be a unit in your course that would tie all the other ones together. And last but not least, is the sequence I have been using really effective or are there changes I can make to improve it? Now, I know there are some factors here that may not give you total autonomy over your sequence. Let me address those. If you co-teach, so maybe you're on a team of teachers. Like when I taught biology at one school that was really large, there were four or five of us who were teaching it at a time. Can you meet with your coworkers who teach your course 
and discuss changing the sequence now for next year. This is something we did as a team. We saw in our biology team, looking at our students, our students struggled so much learning biochemical reactions, but they thrived in ecology. Ecology was a very easy unit for them. And so we decided we were going to bring in some of the content from ecology and put it into our biochemical reactions unit. So when we were teaching photosynthesis and cellular respiration, we also taught trophic pyramids and food webs. And so we created this unit that was an energy unit. And we looked at how energy would flow on a micro level in biochemical reactions within cells, and then also on a macro level amongst organisms in an ecosystem. And so really Now is a great time to meet with your team and talk through what changes might be a good idea to make. Now, another thing that might be tricky is if you have a district mandated sequence and pacing guide, but my question for you would be how mandated is mandated? Like, is this a strong suggestion or is this an actual requirement? So for example, I know of some districts that there is a lot of intra-district mid-year transfers of students. Like students are constantly moving between high schools. And so what the districts have done is they make every high school on the same year-long pacing. So for example, every high school is on a 50-minute traditional schedule or every high school is on a block semester schedule. And thus, you have to stay on the district schedule for teaching biology one, for example, so that if a student from this high school transfers to your high school mid-year, they can do that more seamlessly. But there are other districts I've been in that have a required guide that is actually 0% required. They just give it to you as support, but you could actually teach in whatever order you want. So I really encourage you to reach out to your admin and your instructional coach and find out. Bring a rationale with you for why you really want to change up the sequence to better serve students next year and see if you get any pushback. I really can't tell you enough how much of a boost rearranging my course sequences gave me. I really just feel like we were all dragging in quarter three every year, but I could kind of push through quarter three knowing that in quarter four, in my last nine weeks with my students, I was going to get to teach my favorite units to end the year on. And if you're interested in learning more about my scope and sequences and my pacing guides, I have those available for free for biology, anatomy, and physical science. And I will link those in the show notes so you can download them and check them out. I really just want to end my year two with students in a way that they will look back and remember their time in my class with positivity. I don't want them to be have memories that are full of me being exhausted and like dragging them to the finish line of the school year because we all fell victim to senioritis. I want them to look back and be like, wow, we ended the year in this way and it was awesome. And I really enjoyed that class. So what changes can you make now to make this possible in the future for you and your future students? Serve future you by making those changes now. Now is the perfect time to do this. I really hope you enjoyed this three-part mini-series on combating senioritis. I am especially excited because next week to end the month, I interviewed a real-life teacher friend of mine who has been in the classroom full-time for a decade, and she has taught mostly seniors. So she has a ton of suggestions for how to combat senioritis and so much more. So stay tuned for that next week. Thank you so much for listening today. 
You can find all the links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes or by heading to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash episode 14. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend.